Hello and welcome back to another episode of Fully Booked, the Hidden Gems author podcast in which Craig Touch, myself, Roland Hume, chats some of the interesting figures and leading lights of this crazy industry we're in of writing and self-publishing. Once again, we're branching a little further out from just self-publishing today to talk about ghostwriting. And before I introduce our next guest, I just want to say a quick joke that I heard about ghostwriting the other day. Man is on a date with a girl and the girl says to him, what do you do? For-? No, the, the guy says to the girl, what do you do for a living? And she says, I'm a ghostwriter. And he goes, Oh my God, when did you die? Oh I didn't boy. get a single laugh out of that. <laughs> but here is our guest who is very much alive. Uh, Rhiannon DeVerk, ghostwriter, author, chief editor of London Runway Magazine. We are delighted to have you here. Thank you for not hanging up as soon as you heard that joke. How are you doing today? <laughs> yeah, I was doing a lot better before I heard that, but no, I'm doing great. <laughs> How are you? Well, I'm very well, and we are delighted to have you. Thank you so much for joining us. Of course, we wouldn't be here without the man himself, Craig Touch, the owner and founder of Hidden Gems and an author himself. How are you doing today, Craig? Doing really well. Thanks, Roland, and thanks, Rana, for joining us. Um, yeah, we, you know, like we haven't, I know we've mentioned ghostwriting uh, on one or two episodes in the past, but we've never really devoted a full episode to it. And, you know, there's a, there's a couple different um, ways that, this affects authors, right? They can either um, hire a ghostwriter. Maybe, you know, some some people uh, aren't necessarily writers themselves, but they do want to publish a book. So they hire a ghostwriter often in nonfiction, you know, uh, people that do sort of speaking engagements, they want to have a book and they don't necessarily want to write it. Sometimes famous people, you know, want to write a biography, but they don't want to do, do it themselves. But also um, as a writer, you might uh, want to, uh, be a ghostwriter, right? So we want to talk about it from that perspective and, you know, what the opportunities are and, you know, what sort of you have to uh, learn, what you have to know. Um, and uh, you also have a process that you've developed over the years that have helped you write your, your books even faster. So we can even talk about that. So let's get started with um, maybe tell us a bit about yourself and how you got into ghostwriting. Mm, yeah, so I got into ghostwriting kind of under protest, really. So I have been the kind of person that tells stories and, and writes stories down pretty much since I learned what a story was. So everyone assumed that, you know, when it come, tem, came time to go to uni, I was going to go and maybe go to Oxford or something like that and study literature. So I decided I would go and study photography um, <laughs> just to rebel a little bit. Yeah. And um, I finished uni on the Friday, graduated. And on the Monday, I started my first job as a copywriter. So that rebellion went exactly to plan <laughs> um but no i i started out pretty quickly from um i used to write a blog just for fun got headhunted from that into my first job as a copywriter and pretty quickly from there thought hang on maybe i could do this for more people and make even more money so i started getting freelance clients and then one of them asked me to write a book and i was like hey i reckon i could do that so i did <laughs> just like that that's and, and what was the book about? How did they, yeah. they said you could write a book and they gave you the idea for the book and you wrote it for them? Yes. Yeah. It was a romance. It was a fiction novel. Um, ah. It was actually, actually, so it was a shorter one. Um, nice thing to wet my feet with. But um, yeah. And then we wrote, I think, three in that series. Um, and that was the start of everything. That's interesting. So you're writing fiction that I assume they then publish under their own name. Yes. Yeah. I do a mixture of fiction and nonfiction. Um, so Usually with fiction, it will be a publisher will come to me and say, look, we have this idea for this series. Um, obviously, we don't have anyone in mind to write it, but, you know, can you ghostwrite it for us? 
and then you know it could be sort of up to 10 or 12 or even 15 books in a series um and yes put out under some other best-selling author's name uh <laughs> with no idea of my involvement at all which i don't mind no but they i mean the, these are little babies that you make and then you release them and it's not like you were ever attached to them yeah they are they're gone forever yeah. now Exactly. I can still visit them. I can check in on them on Amazon and see how they're doing. <laughs> so uh, so that first one was another author, though, right? And so they were just uh, already writing, but they, you know, wanted you to. Yeah, I, I, don't know they, I don't know what their situation was, whether they had other authors that they were contracting as ghostwriters or whether they'd written some stuff themselves. But they had a formula that they obviously knew worked, um, you know, the tropes to hit and, and what the storyline right. should be. Um, so it's kind of paint by numbers, almost kind of writing, um, and it went great. Is that how? Well, is that how? Is like it always goes, or like how much sort of latitude do people give you? I guess, or, or it varies. Oh yeah, it varies massively. So I go from uh, so one of my long running publishing clients, he basically gives me a character breakdown, a full plot, um, everything, absolutely everything I need, and I just have to fill in the blanks. And then I have clients on the other side who say, I kind of want to write a book, but I don't know what about. And then it's my job to sit down with them and go, OK, how, you know, if it's a nonfiction book, for example, how is it going to benefit your business? What are your business goals? OK, maybe we can do something on this topic and then actually really go down and, and figure out everything from the chapters to actually writing it. That's um, that's really interesting, and it <laughs> it's um how I mean how how do you you've done this? How many years have you been doing this now? Twelve years now. Yeah. Twelve years. Wow. Mm. And so, how <laughs> many books have you written? So uh, I'm very excited, actually. So in December, my 100th published book is coming out. Wow. <laughs> which is, and that's I mean, awesome. I've written probably probably another ten on top of that that never saw the light of day, um, mostly yeah. in my own back catalogue. But um, yeah, so pretty big milestone so okay so you have 100 books but they're all published under other people's names so you can't necessarily use those to um promote your services you can say i'm yes. sure hey i've written 100 books but it's hard to prove that right because i'm sure you yeah. have an agreement where it says i can't tell people that i've written your book mm -hmm. yeah this is the biggest um problem i would say that ghostwriter space is that we are ghosts so once the book is done, we can't necessarily have any involvement. Sometimes clients are very nice and they say, you know what, you did a lot of the work and I want to acknowledge that. Um, whether it would, they might just credit me as a collaborator. Uh, they might use some kind of sleight of hand a little bit and say, oh, this is my editor or something like that. You know, and some of them will, you know, will come out and say that I, I go through it for them. And some will just leave me a nice testimonial, which at least I can use. Okay, and so I, you have a website, right? Where I you do. get all the where that's where people would find you to get exactly, you to write. Yeah. Okay, right. And I suppose, I suppose, I mean, they did provide a lot of they provided the raw materials Absolutely. and you just assembled it. So I think yeah. it's it's right that they feel a sense of ownership to it as well. Well, in some Absolutely. cases, right? But in other cases, they're letting her <laughs> sort of decide everything. But either way, it doesn't matter because they are hiring <laughs> you, you for a service. And part of that service is that you're providing them with the book, whether you came up with it 100% or, or whatever it is, it doesn't matter that part of the job is you can't disclose um, that you wrote it, or in yeah. some cases, at least, right? I mean, that's, that's kind of the point, I think, for a lot of people, because especially for those nonfiction people that are doing those, you know, speaking engagements, and they use that book as a, as a way to, to pull people in, you don't want to be like, well, I didn't even write the book. It's like, well, why don't you have your ghostwriter speak then? 
<laughs> but it is something that's ubiquitous in the industry. So I believe James Patterson uses a ghostwriter. I think that Lee Child did, where you'd like farm it out, uh, say this is what I want to happen, and then they bring it back and write it, and he put his own touches on it. But it's like that's how he manages to churn out so many books. Exactly. Yeah, and I'm. I mean, obviously, I can't say the name, but I am, or have been in the past. Um, there's one in the romance section and one in the mystery thriller section. Um, two very big authors on Amazon that put out a lot of books and are very, very popular. Um, and I have been one of their writers because the output that is required, you can't have one person do it. You know, it has to be a team of people behind the scenes working together. So yeah. I am part of that group. <laughs> well, yeah, you, and you must be good at it. Well, I mean, I think so. Otherwise, I wouldn't get so much work, right? <laughs> well, exactly. And, you know, you're writing for big name authors and they have a, you know, they can't just hire a, a, a ghostwriter that isn't good. Otherwise, it's going to sully their name and make, right. you know, tarnish their reputation, right? So you have to make sure that you're your writer. So I'm curious, though, like if you're writing for somebody who has this big catalog like that, uh, you probably want to write in their style. So do you end up having to read a bunch of their books or do they sort of do a pass on it after you deliver it to them and sort of tweak it up to be more like their own book or what? Yeah, I mean, again, um, every client is a little bit different. But generally speaking, yeah, I will get the client's voice. And if that's someone that's already written fiction, then I can read what they've done. Or if it's someone that I'm working with in nonfiction, I can you know, listen to speeches or presentations that they've made, see what they write on social media and just listen to them in a call like this. Just talk to them and pick up how they talk, how they express themselves and then find a way to translate that to the page. Now, you yeah. must be a it's funny sometimes we talk to, to authors about plotters versus pantsters but there mm -hmm. is no the most definitely uh, inherent in what you do is the whole plotting thing oh yes uh, i i think it's the most important part of the process if you yeah. don't have a good structure whether it's fiction or non-fiction if you don't have a good structure in place um it, it i think it probably quadruples or even more the time it takes to write on the, the, the whole book and you have to especially for me when i'm working with a client they need to know where we're going so that they can yeah. have confidence in the project, so that they understand what I need from them in terms of materials and information. Um, you know, it just doesn't work without a structure. And so I was a ghostwriter for a company called Scribe for a little while, and I didn't have a great experience mm. with them. But this, what they did is they did equip their writers with, this is how you write a nonfiction book. And I was like, wow, it, this, whatever my bad experiences at this company were, it's worth seeing this because it is literally like a roadmap of how to do it. And then it's the human relation skills and the, the writing skills, which are clearly what you demonstrate in abundance. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So then if, uh, if a client contacts you then is the, so you, I guess you charge based on the job, but uh, mm -hmm. there must be some sort of criteria that you're using. Like, is it, you know, word based or is it, um, you know, different genres? Maybe you charge differently or, or, hey, he's a really big name. I can charge him a lot more. Like, how, how does that work? So, okay, this is, this is where I get to be an excited nerd for a moment. Um, so I have <laughs> developed a spreadsheet with an algorithm which tells me how to charge because it was taking so long. And also I have dyscalculia, so I'm useless with numbers. So what I needed was something that would do it for me. So I have a basic rate based on the amount of words um, and it doesn't change by genre to answer that part. Um, 
and then I kind of go through and I put on everything that a client could possibly want. So is it a rush job, for example? Uh, do they want to change my normal terms and conditions to something a bit more complex, in which case I'm going to charge more? Um, are they willing to give me a credit, in which case I might charge a little bit less? Um, all kinds of factors that might go in, all the bells and whistles I can possibly add. Do they want me to go and get a cover editor, uh, sorry, a cover designer and a, and a layout person to do so we actually have a finished book at the end that they can just publish themselves. Do they want right. that in the package? You know, all the little bits and pieces that I can add on, there's there's a grid and I just go along the grid and I go, okay, they want that, 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 and it's going to be this many words and okay, that's the price. <laughs> so, but um, is that transparent to them? Do they know yeah. that ahead of time? So you're just, they just, I mean, on your website, it basically give them maybe does it give any kind of idea or is it just contact yeah. me and I'll tell you. Okay. Yeah. I give them a ballpark range. I think it's really important actually, um, because as a ghostwriter, you get so many inquiries from people who are basically just tire kickers. So having the prices on there up front and saying like, this is the minimum you're going to pay puts a lot of people off. And I like that. The fewer calls I'm getting, the better that's working because I don't want to talk to people who can't afford me in the first place. Now, do you do you feel comfortable telling us what that amount might be? Because I think uh, they, there are people here who might be listening to this thinking, I want to be a ghostwriter, but there might be people thinking, I want to hire a ghostwriter. So how much for writing a fictional book, for example, might it be? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so my minimum, um, and this would be more for a novella, would be $20,000. Um, very likely for a fiction novel, you're going to be looking at $60,000 plus. Um, and that, again, is just if it's a standard, right? So, again, it can be a lot higher. We can go up to 100000 if it's a like a sci-fi epic that's going to be a very long book. Um, and even above that, if they want if they want it quicker, if they want it, um, you know, whatever, whatever the bells and whistles, they want extra on it. That, I mean, that's great. That's And, you know, that's for an author that's listening to this, thinking about, you know, getting into ghostwriting those numbers are higher than what a lot of self-published self -published authors are making on their own books. And so if you're a good writer who isn't, I don't know, you know, you don't have the name, you're not great at marketing, you've never had a lot of success with your own stuff, this might be, you know, a way to, to supplement your income or, you know, it should be an even bigger income than what you might have expected to get from your own writing. So that's, Craig uh, and I do consult calls with a, a lot of other authors who, you know, wanted yeah. to up the profile. And I think, we, Craig, you probably agree with this, that most of the time their writing is not the problem. There are yeah, I mean, writers. It's the concept of book, the execution of the book, the, the how it's packaged and things like that. Yeah. And I mean, like, listen, I don't read the books beforehand either. Right. I don't have time. Generally, they, you know, somebody wants to do a consult and, you know, we'll set it up right away. But it's it's generally not about the writing because that's that's a whole different thing. Right. I mean, to go through a book, I, they, they're, they're better off hiring a developmental editor to get sort of that information. Right. We're usually talking more about the sales. But, yeah, like often it is exactly it. I had one uh, just the other day where you know, the, the person has really good reviews, but, um, you know, they're just, their, their marketing is not good. And, you know, it's like looking at their blurb and their, you know, their cover, the categories they're in the keywords, that's usually more of the issue. So, um, but yeah, so, I mean, this is, this is really interesting. Like, I think that those are, I mean, those are great numbers for that, but how many, um, jobs are you able to do in a year? 
I usually like to take on two or three at a time. Um, this year I wrote 12 books, um, but wow. that does include five under my own name. So good not, for you. And you're still yeah. writing under your own name as well. I mean, that's amazing. I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I uh, don't know. I must be insane. I just love writing so much. I can't stop. <laughs> it's working for you <laughs> and working for other people. <laughs> so that's right. cool. Um, okay. So, and uh, listen, 12 books in a year. That mm. is a really good pace. And that I know from experience back when I was writing romance, I was trying, you know, I was at the beginning, I was doing a book a month. But that pace for me was not sustainable <laughs> over the time. I mean, part of it is, you know, coming up with the ideas, but it's like, how many different ways can I write a love scene? You know, how many different bad boy tropes? My, you know, and I, I just, I, I started to burn myself out from it. Um, so I can imagine you know, you're doing this for other people, you have to maintain this level of quality and, and for in different genres, and nonfiction and fiction. Um, you know, how do you keep that kind of pace up? I want to tell you a story about a huge mistake I made 12 years ago. Great. <laughs> so when you go. just All got right. started. Yeah, <laughs> when I just got started. So that job that I told you about that I took on the Monday after graduating, um, I came in, and by the way, they were paying me absolute peanuts. I was actually, so accommodation was included in my wage, right? Which was oh, great because wow. I just graduated, right? So I needed a place to live. But obviously, kind of a red flag. Um, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so I get in on the Monday and they said to me, um, here's your assignment for today. You know, I don't remember the exact number of words that it was. I remember what it was when I left. I don't remember exactly what it was on the first day, but it was something like 12,000 words. And I looked at it and I was like, okay, this is the real world of adult work. We've got to, we've got to try and get this done. Okay. So Can I you tell us how many words that would be? 12,000 words. 12,000 words. He said that. Yep. That's that for in a day. <laughs> in a day. Bloody hell. Wow. And I, did I mean, it. I, I've done that, but it damn near killed me. And that was, <laughs> they won't be good. And start. they won't be, they won't be Honestly, good words. <laughs> at the end of the day, my hands were aching so much. And I was exhausted. I was like, I did it. And they were like, oh, fantastic. Can you do that again tomorrow? So <laughs> that was a really big mistake to make. I should have done, you know, a lot less. And then they would have said, okay, you can do 8,000 a day or something. Um, and gradually over time, so at first I was leading a team of Filipino writers and I was also editing their work on top of the 12,000. And eventually the guy kind of said, you know what, we'll save money if we fire them and you just write their articles because you write Bloody quicker hell. than they do. So then I was doing 14,000 a day and then um, again, being paid peanuts, I kind of came to them at some point and said, I, I, I need a pay rise. And they said, okay, do 18,000 words a day. So I did about 10 months there. Um, 10 months. I, wow. Yeah, I was like, I'm asking, this is day three. You were like, I'm going to quit. Yeah. <laughs> I had, I had a spreadsheet on, on my work computer and I had gone on the internet and found out the, the totals of the longest books in the world. And then I passed all of those and I was doing the longest book series in the world. And I think by the time that I passed Game of Thrones, I just stopped counting <laughs> because it was too wow. much. So, um, yeah, huge mistake. But I learned to write quickly. And also what the, the work that I was doing there was sort of SEO stuff back when um, Google didn't really notice if you just put out 700 pages of similar content. With content links. farming, really. Content farming. Exactly. You know, keyword stuffing, the whole business. 
but I'm really conscientious. And so I actually tried to make the articles make sense and, and be good articles. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I learned how to write the same thing, you know, maybe up to 50 different times, not using the same words, not um, making it a, a duplicate article, but actually finding a new and interesting way to say it, which was horrible to try and do. But what a skill that I learned at that point in my career. Yeah, Horrible then you can, if you then learn how to write a really good romance novel and can write that a really good romance novel with different words that's entirely different again and then again and again and you can write 12,000 words in it like bloody hell right so at the minute I write 5,000 words a day and that's kind of like luxury for me that's like leisurely yeah. it's like let's go for a stroll <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I, well yeah 5,000 words I'm trying to think. I mean, I feel like every day just writing emails and all the things that I'm doing, not even creative writing anymore. I'm writing thousands of words every day. But, you know, I think it's not even the speed that you can type at, but it's, you know, you know, the ideas and the formulating of, of the plot, which is where plotting comes in. I think, you know, it's much easier to write 5,000 words or 10,000 words in a day if you have a good you know, plot a good layout of what you're what you're doing, where you're going, and you don't have to waste time thinking to yourself, okay, what happens next? And, you know, is that going to work with this scene that happened over there? You've got to plot all that out, right? Yeah. Hmm. And it also saves you time on, you know, and I, when I did write novels at the beginning, I would just kind of make it up as I went along. But, you know, what always happens is you get to the end and you come up with a really good twist. Like, oh, I'm a genius. This is brilliant. Now I just have to go back and edit chapters two, three, six, yeah. seven, nineteen, and put all of the seeds in for this. Which right. you could have written them that way in the first place and saved yourself some time. Yeah, and I think that that's like one of the big things, and we've talked about that in the past with uh, with people when we talked about sort of plotter versus pantser and stuff. You know, especially for books that are you know mysteries or thrillers or stuff like mm -hmm. that, where you know you really do need a lot of setup and clues and seeds that have been planted and if you're sort of flying by the seat of your pants like there's going to be a lot of rewriting a lot of editing that has to go in to fix all that and that's just extra work i mean if you didn't plan it out but uh, and also like you know you say oh you come up to the end and you think of this great twisty ending but sometimes it's it's the opposite where you know if you don't have it all planned out you come to the end and you're like i don't know how to end this now and Maybe, i didn't yeah set up the right things i didn't you know or wrote myself into a corner here you know and then you end up having to do some crazy marvel thing where it's oh but time travel in alternate realities and <laughs> so it doesn't really matter <laughs> you know like and nobody likes that kind of an ending right? <laughs> yeah. and it was all a dream oh yeah it was all a dream <laughs> even down to chapter endings you know if you're doing a mystery thriller it's really important that you have those hooks at the end of each chapter right. to set up the mystery and if you don't know what the chapter outline is how can you do that right exactly yeah i mean even when i was writing romance i always tried to have sort of hooks at the end of all my chapters i i always you know i used to read a lot of dan brown and his books you know he has very short chapters but each one is like you then you really got to read the next one because they're like potato every chapter yeah every chapter ends on some kind of a crazy <laughs> hook and so i really enjoyed that and those books i always i could never put them down and so when i was writing i was like i want to I want people to have that experience with my books. Even if I'm not writing a thriller, I want them to get to the end of the chapter and be like, well, now I have to 
read at least the first few lines of the next chapter. And then once they've done that, it's like, well, I might as well finish the chapter. But then yeah. you're caught in this endless loop, right? <laughs> um, it, okay. So, so, sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. I've forgotten what I was going to say. <laughs> um, well, I was going to say, like, for the authors that would want to get into this, what's how would they get started? Um, okay. So you can... If you just want to get some experience, you can start with places like Upwork or Fiverr, bearing in mind that the pay is going to be really low there um, because it's just people you know, looking for content farms or whatever. I am a member of an association called the Association of Ghostwriters. They have not paid me to say that, um, <laughs> but it's a really good group. So they actually have um, a Facebook group, which is for both professionals and amateurs or people who are trying to get into it. So there's a lot of advice being shared there. Um, and I'm sure there are other Facebook groups or groups on other social medias that y- you can join. I'm sure there's advice on places like Reddit as well. Um, but yeah, the big the big thing is getting that first client. And a lot of that is about confidence. So if you know you want to do nonfiction, for example, study a bit, make sure you actually know how to do it. And then maybe just go and find like a local business owner or something, you know, start pitching people. I can write you a book. It's going to do this, this and this for your business and see who bites. And if you present yourself with that confidence, then, you know, sometimes people don't even ask if you have any experience because they just believe you do. <laughs> yeah, fake it till you make it. Exactly. Um, but, uh, you know, you say, you know, getting the first client is sort of the the hardest thing and and i agree and that's true for most things but it's actually i wonder with ghostwriting though if that's even enough sometimes because if you can't if you can't say that i had this client (laughs) then uh, then again people are going by your word you can say i've written five ghost uh, ghost books and they've done really well but i can't tell you anything more about them or show you or prove it in any way right so that's really the big issue it can be tricky. I think number one is once you've done one under your belt, you've, you're going to be a lot more confident and that's going to come across in the way you present yourself and people will believe you. And the other thing is, if you're already an author, then, um, you know, you've got your own books um, in terms of, you know, people sometimes ask for writing samples where well, you can just make one up. Just write yeah. a fake chapter of a fake book. Right. I mean, if you yeah, write but, uh, it yourself, then it's, 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 it's a proof of your ability. So. Yeah, I mean, but, that's uh, how you write we, a book anyway, isn't it? Right. Well, it is, but I mean, <laughs> you know, the the other thing, though, is, you know, from a from a customer perspective for fiction, you know, it's not just that the person can write, but can they put a story together? Can they create characters? Can they, you know, build tension? Can they do what authors need to do aside from just having a good grasp of the English language and able to put two words together right so yeah you have to be able to do that so you have samples of your writing on your on your website I do yeah and I have also I do have a small number of clients that have allowed me to to use their names so you know I can point to them and I can point to my own books but you have a hundred clients right so over time you've you've gotten a few (laughs) somebody who's starting right it's it's going to be much harder to to get that going but um yeah so there's no um like how do customers find ghostwriters then so uh, the number one place that i get my leads from is linkedin um so i make a lot of content on linkedin about ghostwriting um and i get connected to you know business owners and people who might be interested in that kind of thing and surprisingly a good number of them will come to me and say 
you know, I'm interested in, in, in a book and I think, oh, great. Okay. What's this going to be about? Maybe entrepreneurship or something. And they're like, oh no, it's fiction. I'm like, right. Okay. <laughs> um, you can get them also just from, from your website. You know, people who know they want to write a book are going to go to their computer and type in something like entrepreneur ghostwriter, and then they'll find you if your website's good enough. Um, and yeah, just social media. And referrals, you know, a lot of my clients, even if they're not going to say publicly that they've worked with me, if one of their friends says, oh, I'm thinking about writing a book, then they can refer me on. Now, um, where do you, how, at what point did you come up with the entirely justifiable audacity to be like, that's going to cost you $20,000, $40,000? Yeah, that took a long time to come. Actually, I was undercharging for such a long time. But it all clicked, I think, for me when I sort of realised I kind of I looked at my monthly expenses and how much I, I needed to earn and I'm thinking but I'm gonna have to work non-stop with no gaps and if, there, if there's a gap in clients then I'm screwed this isn't right and then I went back and I said okay how much do I need to earn per year let's then divide that by you know how many days I want to work or whatever and then figure out my hourly rate that way so that I'm earning enough. And then since then, I raise it every July and every January because I keep writing more books. That means I keep getting better at my job because I have more experience. So I can't stay at the same rate. I've got to keep raising it. Well, you're, my, that's, that's, you're my spirit animal. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is true. And, and, and obviously there's, there's a lot of value in that and people see that. Um, but it's important for, for people to understand, like, you don't start at those numbers because, Absolutely. you know, you're not going to get the customers, if, especially if they, they don't know you. You have publishers coming to you saying, write books. Like, you're obviously well known now as a ghostwriter, so you can right. justify charging that and you as you said you have some big name uh clients and they're obviously they have an idea of how much a book that they under their name earns they know that if they pay you sixty thousand dollars that's gonna be they make that back right? right whereas most people don't make that and so the and you want to make more than that obviously to make a profit so you know they have to um, you know, hire somebody cheaper or whatever. Uh, so when you're starting out, you're definitely not going to be charging that much money. But if you have people continuing to come back to you and all of a sudden people start knowing your name and, and seeking you out, then yeah, then you can start moving that up because you're going to get more successful people and they're going to be making more money. And so it's only fair that you're getting a fairer share of that. And I would say if you're, if you're starting out, I would say raise it every time you write a book because one book to two books, you've doubled your experience. So you, <laughs> right. have but you probably, story. you probably don't double the rate though. Probably not double, right. but you should raise it for sure. <laughs> yeah. um, and three books, that's still a huge percentage more experience, right? So at the beginning, what would you raising it? What would you say is a as a sort of a start a, a reasonable starting rate for somebody who was just getting into this? Honestly, I tell them to to charge twenty thousand dollars. I tell them to start where I am. Why not? <laughs> I did so many years earning peanuts. Honestly, don't waste your time. Just try. See what happens. Yeah, you can try, <laughs> but I think you know the reality is though, like without any sort of experience and without any name recognition, and it's going to be hard for somebody to to get a client for. For twenty, that's willing to pay twenty thousand dollars if they don't know anything about the ghostwriter. So I, like, like you said, they can go on Upwork and Fiverr and find somebody to do it for. I don't even know 
<laughs> much, but well, yeah. five or not, not five bucks, but, um, <laughs> yeah. What happened in the days when Fiverr meant it was five bucks. That's yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I think that, uh, so, okay. 20,000 on a novella. So what's that a per, what are you charging per word then? Is that, do you charge per word? Well, yeah, I charge per hour of work, right? Oh, per hour of work. Yeah, I don't know how long it takes me to do most things, but you have to factor in. I think people make the mistake of saying per word and they forget, you know, you've got to meet the client. You've got to email them backwards and forwards. You've got to, all all of the little bits and pieces that come along with it, even the plotting and the structure, that's not going into the word count. So, yeah, I, I used to charge per word and I think per hour is a lot better now. It's more accurate to what I'm actually right. spending in the book. Yeah, I mean, and I guess as long as the as long as the clients aren't questioning that, I, I know that like it's it's one of the things that people have issues with, especially these days with um, you know the whole trend of working from home and stuff like that. Is everyone's like you know they say they're working, but are they really working? And like if you're charging <laughs> per hour and you come back and say, hey, look, it took me a hundred hours. And then you give them the thing and then they're like, well, I think that this shouldn't have taken a hundred hours, but you know, it's on your word. Right. So by charging on word count, that's something that somebody could actually check. They'd be like, okay, you charge a dollar a word and it was 20,000 words. So it's $20,000 or whatever it is. Right. So I guess, again, that might come down to you as somebody who's established can say I'm charging per hour, but I wonder whether or not that's as easy for somebody else to do. See, I don't tell the client what I'm charging per hour. They get just, oh, okay, they, okay. they get what the cost is for the whole project. And I, obviously I have experience that I've done enough books now that I kind of know how long stuff takes me. If I get that estimate uh, wrong, that's, that's on me. And I don't charge them more after the fact. You know, I've just. Oh, so, I mean, that's perfect it. for them. They have a they have an upfront expectation of what it's going to cost, right. and then based I on what it, you calculated it. as your hourly rate, that seems. Br- you know, for somebody who keeps saying she's not good at numbers, you do a lot of numbers and Excel spreadsheets and and yeah, planning these things out. <laughs> well, I also have OCD, so that probably helps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, so okay, so that's that makes more sense now. So you're giving them a flat fee based mm-hmm. on your calculations what you know about yourself and then it's it's just whether or not they're going to decide to to accept it or not so yeah okay yeah. um and then you know you talked a bit about your um ability to write quickly and you've mm-hmm. developed a process over time uh so why don't you tell us a little bit about that okay yeah so it's pretty similar whether it's fiction or non-fiction um but it what it does we start with structure as we mentioned before it's the most important thing so with fiction it's quite straightforward we'll just go through and we'll say i'll kind of have one hour meeting with with the client and say okay what is the the thing that we're talking about here and then i will pull out the main points from that those are our chapter headings and i'll write down exactly what needs to be in each chapter as well as the word count for each chapter which is really important especially when you're writing to a word count for a client For fiction, I will go a little bit more in depth. So I will start out by identifying the five, six, seven, however many is key plot lines. Then those key plot lines need to be evenly spaced sort of amongst the chapters. So let's say if we're doing 25 chapters and we have five main points that we're going to be hitting, each of them needs to take roughly five chapters. So now I can actually go through and I will write a very detailed plot 
um, which includes the character's motivations. It includes um, maybe what kind of cliffhanger we're going to have at the end of the chapter. And it includes, um, well, not, it doesn't usually include a word count because in fiction, generally we're going to keep each chapter the same length and then maybe one or two that are either shorter or longer for impact. Um, so then when we have that structure, I basically can sit down at my desk and do my 5,000 words a day because all of the research has been done. I've already identified all the areas that needed research and done it. All of the structure is done. I know exactly what to write in each chapter. I don't even have to think about it. I just literally look at my notes and type. Um, and then depending on what the client wants, sometimes I edit as well, or sometimes I just deliver the raw document to them and they have a separate editor who then will tell me what they want me to edit. Um, but yeah, just like that. So I can do, you know, let's say if it's a 60,000 word book, why did I choose 60,000? It doesn't divide in a way that my brain could do 12. It, that takes 12 days, <laughs> 12 days to write. Um, let's say two days for plotting and research. That's 14 days. Uh, I'm going to add on five days for editing on my side. So that's 19 days. Wow. You are very organized. It's quite I will take breaks between those days. Though. <laughs> so that, well, that's, that's how it comes to a month. <laughs> so, okay. So you usually tell them it'll take a month and. I usually spread it out a lot longer with my clients just simply okay. because if they're, if they're hiring me and they need me to write it to a certain um, idea that they have we're going to need to meet up so they it's got to fit into their schedule as well as mine right right um and so and that's based on like your five thousand words a day right. sort of number right even though you can do eighteen thousand so <laughs> um yeah i guess everyone has to sort of figure out what their level of writing is uh their mm -hmm. speed of writing right to the quality that they can write to and then that and then they can sort of use that formula to sort of plug in how long it'll take them to write the book i mean some people are a thousand to two thousand words a day and some people write ten thousand words a day right so um but in general though and i mean advice that we often or almost always give is you shouldn't be editing your own books right so right. are you when you said like uh some people will send it to another editor or you do the editing when you say you do the editing do you mean you actually are just editing it or you have an editor that you use and if you're using an editor are you including that cost um yeah so either or i mean if it's if it's me um so let me let me explain this a bit further so obviously if i work with a publisher they already have an editor that they use right Mm -hmm. you know, that's the one that they know and trust already so usually the process with them will be it goes off to the editor then it comes back to me with suggestions of what they want changed then um i mean i presume i don't ever ask <laughs> i presume it goes off to a line editor at the end um and then if it's a client that's um just just hired me themselves um usually i will do a lot of editing myself and then bring someone in just for the very last bit so i do a lot more of an in-depth edit in that case on my own just to get it to the best level it can be first to save them a little bit of money on the back end Good for you. and you're but are you hiring an editor yourself or um, and, yeah, and is that built into the cost exactly yeah it is and we'll, we usually discuss that um at the beginning like sometimes i hire someone sometimes they hire someone um yeah whatever that, they want okay and you plug that into your spreadsheet formula, right? I do, yeah. Like needs editor, <laughs> find editor, yeah. Yeah. Wow, this must be a crazy spreadsheet. <laughs> it's, it's wonderful. <laughs> That's it. 
yeah i mean um oh i've forgotten what i was going to say now but i i um was in terms of like what does your working day look like hmm. so i actually get up quite late i get up around 10 a.m um because i have clients in america as well as here in the uk um even i've got a client in singapore at the minute right so i have to be available for a slightly different range of time zones um you know, get up ready to start my day around 12 o'clock. I will start doing um, what I call my daily habits. So that's things like checking in on leads and following up with them, seeing if there's any emails I need to deal with in the morning before I start my work, doing some social media outreach stuff, um, boring stuff. <laughs> After lunch, I then will write 5,000 words, um, which pretty much takes me up until dinner. Um, watch a bit of TV with my husband and my son and chill out for a bit. And then head back up around nine o'clock to work until 10 30, 11 30. And that will just be kind of either catching up on the writing that I didn't quite finish if I'm if I've been distracted, or doing more of the, the admin, the, the research for an upcoming writing stint that I'm gonna be doing, just getting all my ducks in a row. So how do you feel now compared to how you felt 12 years ago at your copywriting job? I mean, you've it seems like you've made a very sustainable life that you enjoy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I love it. Um, I love what I do. Um, I can't believe I accepted that rate of pay for that many words. <laughs> <laughs> but when we're young, we never quite appreciate the value of what we provide, do we? No, I'm a lot less stressed these days. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, some people would think having to write 5,000 words a day would be stressful. But but if that's what you love, right, then that's yeah, I don't. It doesn't even feel like work. The work yeah. is things like doing taxes and sending invoices and that's all horrible stuff. The writing is, I still can't believe to this day that there is an actual real job where I can earn a living doing this stupid little hobby that just makes me happy. Oh, what a heartwarming <laughs> thing. To, that is a heartwarming thing to say, because I think that's for a lot of us, that's the motivation, isn't it? It's like, you you're you have a passion for something you write even if you weren't getting paid for it so to get paid for it and get paid a really nice amount and be able to live a nice life is wonderful absolutely yeah, yeah. i mean well you know what's that saying if you uh find a job you love you never work a day in your life exactly well, yeah they say that or, it's, uh, or if you find do, do something you love then you'll become completely obsessed with it and <laughs> make it yeah, really it, sometimes it can ruin what you love right <laughs> Yeah. Oh yes, for sure. yes, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but it seems like you have a very healthy balance, and like your your husband and your child, and you 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 take mm. days off, and you manage your your stress and your workload and stuff. And that's very very healthy. Yeah. yeah, my husband's a stay at home dad because I'm able to work enough to fund that. So that's really really valuable to me. Is just having the people that I love around me all the time, and I can just go downstairs and see them. Like that's magical. So that's yes. Gosh. <laughs> I think that's what my wife would like to be. Yeah, well, that's, what, that's what we all want, right? Um, yeah, I think, I mean, that about covers all the topics I think we were going to discuss, right? Like, I mean, you know, somebody who wants to be a ghostwriter, you know, we've sort of gone over those kind of steps. And then the idea of why you would hire one and how you would hire one is is the other thing. So, it, you know, for authors that are are thinking about this i think that this has been a, a really valuable uh discussion so absolutely oh thank you so rhiannon where can people find you online mm, i am at rhiannon de Verk on uh instagram on tiktok 
Um, I was on Twitter, but of course that has not really <laughs> survived. Um, <laughs> so I don't really post there anymore. Um, and rhiannondeverk.co.uk is my website. That's wonderful. We'll pop a link down to that uh, down below in the things. Rhiannon, this has been a wonderful conversation. Normally I'd ask if Craig has any final questions, but I think you kind of like summed things up a second ago, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, we're good. Yeah. We're good. <laughs> but thank you so much. I think a lot of people are going to be very surprised at like what uh, a, a nice a, a nice gig you've created for yourself through your hard work and talent. Um, but it could be very inspirational for a lot of people. And I think it could be a big wake up call to, to a lot of people listening. So thank you so much for joining us and sharing all this. Thank you for having me. All right. And if you appreciated what Rhiannon had to say, make sure you give her some love by leaving a comment down below. And while you're down there, hit that like button. If you haven't hit that subscribe button yet, make sure you do that. And we'll be back next week with another episode of Fully Booked. So until then, cheerio.